0: So what's it going to be? Yay or nay? 0416 90 50 52 if you want to send us a text or you can jump on the phone. 1300 652 927. That's 1300 652 927 if you want to ring and jump on the radio and have a chat to either myself or our racing editor, Matty Stewart, who, Matthew, I've got a couple of questions for you here on yay or nay. We had a chat to Zach Purton earlier in the show and, Gio, uh, you know, I, 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 he's always interesting to listen to, Zach. He's always got something to say. And he was at his very best there on the weekend at uh, Royal Randwick. Um, what did that hour of riding in Sydney actually do for Zach Purton moving forward?
1: Well, if you ask Zach, he'd say that he's the world's greatest superstar and it won't do anything. Um, but I think in the context of this next phase of his career... Um, as much as he's Mr. Hong Kong and he's a superstar jockey and he's he's very much full of self belief, uh, as Hugh Bowman would have experienced in Sydney. When you go to a new jurisdiction, you have to you have to reprove yourself. Like there's a lot of people in Sydney racing who would have seen Zach Purton coming in thinking yeah, he's, he's good in the fishbowl in Hong Kong we've got a group of superstar jockeys here, mm-hmm. um, he's going to have to reprove himself, we're not just going to make any assumptions about what he's bringing to the table but there's nothing better than shoving it down right in people's face here I am, I'm Zach Purton these are the two rides that my incompetent manager got me that mm. <laughs> I didn't think was I hope he enough. wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> and then he lobs on uh, these two, communists and Artorias, so you're only as good as your last ride in racing and, and fashion's very fickle. So Zach Purton flies into town, goes bang, bang. If Zach Purton now decides to, to come back to Australia, he's just got this momentum now. So, But it sounds like listening to him, that if he does make a decision, uh, it's not going to be one that's going to capitalise on this little bit of momentum because it'll yeah. be a year away. So.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the other thing as well, Matty, is that now if he does return, you know, for little stints here or there, for a weekend here or there, whether it's Golden Slipper Day or um, Queen Elizabeth Day or whatever it might be, and, and he makes people aware that he's coming down, well, will owners can, will now be going, hang on a minute, have you asked whether Zach can ride our horse? Because they would have seen what he did over the weekend, yeah. and they now got that reminder of just how good he is.
1: Well, look at what Jamie Carr and James McDonald are doing when they drift over to Hong Kong and come back. So there's a lot of drop-in, drop-out's going on with these superstars at the moment, and it's, it's always been a bit that way, yep. so, but now, and Blake Shin's another one.
0: It's not always easy to come back and get those rides straight away and go as well as you were before you left as well. No, absolutely. Mm. Hey, uh, Leroy from Tassie's decided to jump on and give us a call, and you can do that on 1300 Uh, Leroy, thanks for jumping on. What have you got for us?
1: Well, good afternoon, M people. How are we?
0: Well, thank you, mate. Uh, M people. I like that. Yeah, that was not yeah, bad. bad. Picked up not on that. Bad.
1: Good one, Leroy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, look, just... Uh, <laughs> My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you'll have, a, you'll have an entry song for us shortly, no doubt, you fellas. Uh, yeah, look, we'll protest, payouts and multi-bets. A lot of the corporates will give you the protest now, which is fantastic for the punter. But they don't do it on multi-bets. So, I just thought, you know, they are two separate events that are linked to each other, or just what your thoughts might be on, you know, whether we could, you know, start to lobby the corporates to think, well, if you're going to do it for the individual bets, can you start to think about doing it for the market? Well, look, there's there's a lot of issues with corporates, uh, but one of the the little generosities of the corporates is that they don't have to do it. Mm. It's a little... uh, um, ..a flag-flying exercise they do for themselves to try and attract patrons and punders, and that is... Uh, the tab can't do it before correct wait, so we'll give you a payout on a protest and all that sort of stuff. So we'll, we'll we'll entice you with that. But So given it's something they don't have to do, what you're suggesting is, why don't we ask them to do something else that they don't have to do? I think what they're doing is just drawing a line in the sand, saying, yeah, we'll do a protest payout, we'll, we'll pay out before correct wait, but, but that's as far as the generosity goes, because it's a, they are going a little bit above and beyond by doing it in order to, to gather clients. So... Uh, to answer your question, Leroy, said so they probably could do that, but they're already meeting you halfway, and they don't
0: necessarily need to either. So, one six ninety fifty fifty two. If you want to send us a text, or thirteen hundred six five two nine two seven. If you want to be like Leroy and give us a call, Matthew, and you can even come up with your own nickname for uh, our combination here. Well,
1: we're, we've got got giving him Leaping Leroy. Leaping now. Leroy leaping. from Tasmania. Thanks, thanks for that, Leaping, and call in any time, Leaping. We Absolutely. we love uh, having a, a chit chat to our listeners, and we sometimes have. Stars in here like Steve and that who they can also have a chat to. So.
0: Absolutely, he'll be on very shortly. Uh, I fell Editor Mark Stevens and Maddie. I don't know if you remember, but last, last Thursday we had a chat to Mitch Beer on the Country Racing Show, and he declared one today. He declared one at Wagga in race five. Magnolia Bell, it was $4 at the time. There's been a couple of scratchings. It's into $3.30. Goes around at 4.25 this afternoon. So if you like me and you've already had that bet, it's a nervous four hours coming up. So for those listeners that haven't got on yet, Mitchie Beer was declaring Magnolia Bell race five, number six. Ooh, I've today. got a dangerous
1: little balance in my phone account. Oh. Hey, look, this is live radio. He I'm going did to take this it. through me in the act of having a bet on my phone.
0: Hey, speaking of Mitch Beer, I don't know whether you saw his tweet, Matty, but um, there was a, an article posted. So this His well, well, tweet? The, he says 3,000. I, I, I know, t- I know. This was actually one of the more serious ones, believe it or not. Eight aspiring... This is Racing.com's tweet, sorry. Eight aspiring jockeys will be inducted into RV's Apprentice program at Flemington on Monday night, so... Uh, that's tonight, obviously. And Mitch Beers sort of quote retweeted it. He said, eight, exclamation mark. How many kids knocked back? Understand not all that were formally taken ended up, up fully-fledged senior riders, but a large majority stayed employed in the industry. A genuine staffing crisis in racing, and this doesn't help. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, it's been a, an ongoing issue for a long time, and we've been onto this for ages. Obviously, the industry has a um, staff crisis, and the argument for those like Mitch Beer, Mick Kent's another one who's argued yep. for this, that we should have more apprentices come through the system, is that it can also parlay these people into other jobs. So it just widens the, the funnel of, of potential staff. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Jockeys Association doesn't seem to feel the same way. I've spoken to Alf Matthews and, and others about it. They think the limit is about right. But I, I know there's a lot of kids who get knocked back and, and they're told to come back in 12 months' time. Well, 12 months is a long time to lose interest, isn't it? So yep. uh, I think there there is a very compelling case for uh, more than eight. Uh, and I think it's a discussion that should be... Uh, ongoing uh, to get to a point of resolution because it seems like the those on either side of the, the discussion tend to be very dismissive of the other side of the discussion. So yep. I think I think it, those who say we don't need more than eight, um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about why they think that.
0: Yep, very interesting. Zero four one six ninety fifty fifty two. Send us a text thirteen hundred six five two nine two seven. Matty, a lot of talk about the All Star Mile, but I reckon this sort of conversation comes up nearly every year when it gets to the All Star Mile that a few of the horses that were voted in, don't end up racing there. And then there's the confusion over who actually is going to get the, the wild cards and also the emergency horses into the, uh, listening to the race. And then there's that talk about whether or not they're that strong. And it starts to... Do g- you know what? The, the, the point I want to make is maybe they should just reduce the amount of runners actually in the All-Star Mile.
1: That's if you want it as a super elite, highly rating race. Yes, I agree. Then you make it elite. like mm-hmm. That's like the argument about the Cox Plate, but... Unless I've misunderstood the tone of the All-Star Mile when it was first created, it was based off the back of a race in Japan, but the Australian interpretation of it was battlers, dreamers, um, eclectic sort of attract uh, to everyone, you know, across, you know, the smallest of stables and the smallest of owners to so the biggest of stables where this is a race where we are all equal and um, it's all about community, popularity and things like that. And for that reason, and I know I've said this a lot, it shouldn't be wait for age. Yep. It just shouldn't be wait for age. And, you know, like the inevitable, for instance, like I would think the best story you could possibly get, the best narrative, the best impact that racing could have beyond the bubble would be if a little, tiny, little horse with a group of battler owners from Tasmania was able to come over and in this particular race was able to win the lion's share of $5 million because it's good for the the ongoing sell of the race. as this race for dreamers and battlers and voters and so on. So... Mm. I think you've got to come up with a unique weight scale to give the 40-to-1 the chances, uh, uh, you know, make them 16-to-1 chances. Um, I Because it rotates from track to track, I think that the capacity field size varies from Mooney Valley, Caulfield and Flemington. I don't think Mooney Valley could run as many as Flemington. Mm. And I think it comes back to what Peter Moody was saying earlier. I, I don't have a lot of issues with the All-Star Mile, but the one I, I agree with Moods the confusion of... If you've got top 10 that go in, well, then surely the top 20 become the top 10 if a lot of the top 10 don't... You know, you just yep. move up a rung, yep. as far as I'm concerned, because these are horses that people have gone out of their way to vote. Some of them have got 3,000 votes, and when we get to the pointy end of the, the whittling down of the field, what what the conditions of the race say is that your vote doesn't matter. Yep. We'd rather just cherry-pick one on prize money or whatever it is, uh, So I think you're almost disrespecting the voters by saying at a certain point your vote's worth
0: trash. I know we debated it last week, and I can see it through both ways, You know, having a super elite field and also then having the better stories engaged in the race. But what I would like, above anything else, is there just to be a bit more clarity around it. So at this time of the year, a couple of weeks out from the race... We're actually talking about the race and the stories rather than this confusion around who's going to get in and who's not because I think that takes the focus away from what the whole purpose of the race well, is. Well, because it's such a unique concept
1: with um, ambassadors and uh, voting in and then you can win a prize and all these sorts of things, it's got a very complicated terms and conditions Yeah. because there's so much to think about with this race. But I think every year it's gone on now, the, the teething problems either continue to be or new teething problems come up. So I think they need to have a really good look at maybe simplifying the terms and conditions of the All-Star Mile, you know? And, yep. and, and so we're not continually every year going, oh, wow, what about this confusion?
0: This is a good text message that has come through from Sean, Matty. My 20-year-old is out there today loving it, wants to get into the bloodstock breeding side of the industry. Any suggestions, Matt, on who he could talk to? There are... If you... He go, said he's doing online courses as well. Yeah, yeah. If, if you go to Racing
1: Victoria's website and look and I'm just guessing, but I think it's their career. Yep. Look at the career options. Um, there's nothing um, wrong with directly contacting major stud farms and just saying, hi, I'm Billy Bloggs. I've walked off the street. I'm really interested in uh, a career in this, and I'd be really surprised if there wasn't some sort of a unofficial leg up that way as well, because people are very proud and accommodating in racing, and if someone comes in and says, I'm really interested in what you do, I'd be very surprised if... But in a more formal sense, I think if you go to Racing Victoria and look at career opportunities, that might be the starting point. And
0: even look, it can be intimidating, Matty, but... In the morning, um, everyone's sort of pretty chill and, and happy and up and about. Just go and tap someone on the shoulder at one of the barns and, and say hello and introduce yourself. And um, I'm sure they're more than happy to show you around. Mate, you know, there's, a, show, there's a massive the staff crisis. Right. They're not going to say no.
1: Exactly <laughs> they're right. They're not going to say no.
0: So, um, yeah, you, you, you know, you're doing the right thing by getting out here and, and being here in the first place. It's a wonderful place, Oakland's Junction, for the English sales, I, I said at the top of the show. I love coming out. Uh, and it's, uh, well, it's a beautiful day here as well in Melbourne. Maddie, last one before we take a break. Is Captain Ravishing a Myth? <laughs> I think he's the
1: product of a an industry that is really conscious of uh, its profile, and any good horse that comes along in harness racing they tend to is this the best ever to try and get a headline and try and get a bit of a uh, bit more following, and I totally understand that in a marketing sense. But what we're seeing is a horse who can't get his act together, who's lost his last two. So
0: he reminds me. And this might be unfair, but it's I'm just. No, this is just my opinion. He reminds me a little bit about what's happened to Profondo in the Gallops.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Just in terms of, you know, being really hyped, did win a big race early on. You've profondo him. Yeah. Well, there's,
1: no, 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 there, yeah, a little bit. No, in I agree. terms of the I way he's been hyped and
0: then performed at the top level. Well,
1: yeah. the good thing for Captain Ravishing is he's got a lot more opportunities to get his act together and, and one swallow doesn't make a summer. A couple of defeats, if he wins his next five and smashes track records and then gets his act together, mm. we won't be having this conversation.
0: 27 past 12. We'll take a break here on Big V Racing. We're live... From the English Premier Sales here on day two of the sales. We'll come back and our AFL editor Mark Stevens has a host of football news.